Jessica Blum. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 610, and welcome in on a Monday, or it's Tuesday, I should say, Tuesday morning, October 4th, 2022. It is 56 degrees in the capital city, maybe a little rain today. We'll tell you about that here in just a minute. I'm Jack Mitchell. Uh, Caleb Henry out today. He'll be out the next couple of days. He'll be back on Thursday. So Johnny Cadillac in with me behind the board and Mark Vale in the KLIN newsrooms. We get you ready for another show and a uh, busy one, Fantasy Huskers keywords. Be ready for, to listen for those at 635 and 810. Get your chance to make a pick in Fantasy Huskers and maybe win that prize pack from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. Tuesdays also, me and Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, John Baylor, the voice of Big Red Volleyball. We'll hear from him at 8.35. And, uh, of course, uh, we got... Bill Steffen from the Lead Center is going to join us a little bit, talk about Danny Elfman week before they get ready for a big production this weekend. So busy, a whole lot of stuff to get to. And Mark, how badly I wish I was not coming to you to start off the show once again to talk about what looks like another homicide in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yesterday afternoon, a man found stabbed to death uh, around 40th and Highway 2. Two arrests have been confirmed in that, and we're told there's no ongoing threat to the public, but uh, no details on who's been arrested. We're expecting that at this morning's police briefing. But, uh, yeah, another, I think this makes it, what, the 10th homicide in the year? Is that ninth or tenth? That honestly seems low for how frequently it feels like. But most of them have been since May. We're hearing That's about the, them. They've yeah. just been feels like uh, one after the other. But yeah, and this was as you, as you mentioned, uh, this was not in the this was not in the middle of the night. This was in the uh, the after two afternoon there in a, a you know relative apartment building, but a relatively you know right. busy busy area right yep. there. Forty eight forty excuse me fortieth and and highway two. Um, and so, yeah, you've, you, you've got yet again, what seems like a, a streak that has been, uh, unbelievably significant and unique for the city of Lincoln, uh, that just, just continues here at this point throughout the course of the, uh, of, of the last several months. I'll be, uh, interesting to note whether the mayor addresses it as she delivers her state of the city address this morning. Yeah. Uh, that's at eight, uh, graduate hotel. It's a leadership Lincoln annual event that they, uh, host. Uh, of course, leadership Lincoln, a great organization here in the, in the city. Uh, we'll see if, if, uh, if she addresses any of the, the, the crime issues in the city. Yeah, it, it will be. And, and, um, yeah, I'm, you know, it's, it's something that we talk about a lot, you know, as, as, you know, the mayor's race coming up here. That'll be something that will be, that will be talked about a lot. That it's something that you continue to hear, you know, your, your radio news at 6 a.m. every morning. And, and it feels like there are more than we're used to here in the capital city, or at least we're on kind of a streak where there are a lot of them. But the, I mean, the difficult question is though, you know, because I think a lot of people will kind of, kind of weaponize that for a policy point which may or may not be uh, in the end you know the right thing um it, it, it may actually be but it's not like you can say well here's here's the thing you're not doing to prevent 
prevent crime, prevent these homicides specifically that you could be doing. Like I don't, I don't have, I don't have a, there's, a, there's not a I don't magic, have a magic solution no. for for all of these, and they're all to some degree a little bit different. Um, and there are probably completely external factors that factor into it. There may be policy factors that are that are factoring into it uh, into it at another level. But I I do find that an interesting conversation is, um, you know what at, at what point do you say you know okay, this is this has become a real issue in Lincoln that we haven't seen before. What is it that we do about it? Is it, is it about a number of police officers? How much would that have changed, you know, any of these situations? Um, is it about, you know, other other driving forces behind these? And I'm not saying these are the driving forces behind any of these, but is it, you know, is it, is it, is it drugs? Is it gang activity? Is it uh, access to weapons? Is it you know? I, I I don't have the answer, but those are the policy issues that come up with these things, right? And and you know you just have to keep looking at them. Of course, we had the uh, you know pretty much well it's still being investigated, but that homicide last week, Northeast Lincoln, uh, that was uh, two people intimately involved, and we don't know the the whys and wherefores there, but. This one uh, seems like at least they have, you know, they've been successful in making arrests at least in these last two. Yeah, and and so you know maybe. But there's still yeah, th- that is true. It feels like there are, and you'd be, probably be better at, at remembering this, but it still feels like there are some still loose ends on some of these. Uh, frankly, Mark, uh, I mean, to, to be completely honest, I've lost track of kind of yep. which was which, well, and and listen, I get it, you know, may. Big cities. This is is not well, yeah, something I mean, well, that is that is. Uh, abnormal. I mean, Omaha. This is something that you know isn't abnormal. But it, it, this is one of the reasons that I think a lot of us feel the way that we do about Lincoln is um, is that we we do feel like it's it's a place that um, is not crime free, but is not where that's not a significant issue in the community. And so I think that's again. Um, a, a, a reason why why I'm reacting the way that I am when I see these so dang many mornings, yeah. and it feels and, like over and over and, again. And, and we could have had a situation uh, northwest Lincoln yesterday afternoon too. A SWAT team was out. We had a, a neighbor that was uh, two neighbors that were getting into it. One uh, brandished a handgun, yelling at neighbors, mm-hmm. violating a protection order. Actually, uh, SWAT team had to come out, and uh, they eventually were able to peacefully negotiate his surrender, but. You know, those types of things uh, just seem to happen more than I recall them happening. Let yeah. me put it that way. Yep. Um, you know, and I know this just the, a, a cold statistical way to look at this doesn't seem, I don't know, the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it, but I realize I feel like that takes away from the impact that these have. But, you know, last year, uh, 20, so 2021, uh, there were eight homicides in Lincoln. That was the same in in 2020, and that's kind of where the average has has been. But there are some years where you're down at one, two, and there are some years that are double digits. So, you know, maybe this does end up kind of kinding, kind of fitting into the 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 deviation, the the slight deviation from the norm that you get year to year. But I don't know. It just feels feels different. It feels different. It feels frequent uh, this year. Um, boy, and then and then you've got this scene now here in 
um, in East Central Lincoln, uh, where this just horrendous car crash with the tree has yeah. kind of been made into a, uh, a place was, where uh, I w- vigils and was and, over there yesterday. Uh, yesterday morning and uh, took some pictures, talked with uh, a, a few people. Uh, didn't realize it, but one of the gentlemen I was talking to was the father of one of the victims. Oh my goodness! He told me that later. Then uh, another victim's aunt. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time chatting about uh, his life and and how uh, gregarious he was. And then she introduced me to his younger brother. Oh so that my was goodness. A, that was a that was a tough half hour over there. Oh, but I I totally respected their their privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of heartache. What were you, what were still kind of the, the visual remnants of, of what was left? It in was the just area. the tree, uh, the bark gone from the tree. Uh, obviously, the uh, flowers that were being placed there. Uh, it's, it's in that very first block just east of 56th and Randolph on the north side of the street. Randolph takes just a little bit of a curve. Yeah, I was going to say, it takes a curve up toward the south, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. and uh, evidently they did not negotiate that, that curve, and so was it, speculation was a very high rate of speed. Was it, is that on, so let's say you're going eastbound, was that on the left side or the right side of Randolph? The left side. The on, le- on so the left, left side. side, so the indication would be the curve would come, and you didn't take the curve, right? essentially. Um but we still don't know you know we still uh, we know we have names of the victims now uh we knew that they were all in their their 20s um but don't don't know a lot more about the cause other than that and i did you know i don't feel like this is inappropriate speculation there had to be a decent amount of speed involved Uh, absolutely um the one of the um, side stories was it took two tow trucks to get the uh, car yeah uh, removed from the and it, scene. It sounds like a scene where the neighbors have been um very, very, you know, welcoming to those who want to use yes. that area to to mourn and and to the degree they can be helpful with that. And so um, you know, with this all kind of happening right in their in their front yard. What, so. what struck me as well is there were several people, um I'm not gonna give the name of the of the business, but uh, young man uh from uh, a Lincoln uh construction company mm-hmm. um obviously one of uh, their co-workers oh. had been killed and to see uh, a group of of uh, young men visibly shaken by this um oh my gosh it was uh, a tough tough uh, sight uh, all right um boy some heavy i'm not gonna lie guys heavy stories to uh to start off our day that are just you know, it's well, we can lighten it up with two little things. Okay, go five for it. weeks from today, election day. Five. Oh, We're wow. Down to five. All right. the 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 debates are done. Um. Well, to the extent, man, I don't know. Maybe there are some other ones that are that are going to be Not going on. But at least the house for the house race. Well, think, those those debates are I done. Think, uh, isn't Don Bacon and I? I, I think Vargas. They had they agreed to do some, sure. but not all that that right. Bacon wanted to do, which, they, I, which is kind of interesting. I don't know whether they've completed the second one or not over there. Yeah, so. but in terms of things that'll be on the the ballot here in in most of our most of most of our listening area, it's kind of down now to uh, to yeah. The the campaign stops the door to door the 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 oh. ads the, the ad blitzes the yeah. mailers and and final and decisions all of that good and, stuff yeah. and again you know I I I know the 
you know, the headliner, maybe the the house race, just because that's kind of what the national headlines are all about is the balance of power with the House and the Senate. But don't sleep on the importance of those legislative elections this year. No, it's very important. Uh, just, I mean, unbelievably significant for a variety of reasons. And just kind of how close you are one way or the other with a couple of major policy issues, those will probably have the biggest immediate impact on on you know residents of sure. residents of nebraska i would well, say you know what they say all politics is local yeah, yeah. i mean that's where you see is you're affected the most so. all right so that was uh and yep. did you have another bit yeah, of well it's national cb radio day so oh. it's not really being celebrated much anymore this but it it goes back a long long uh, time jimmy carter proclaimed it as national cb radio right yep. oh. 10-4 i we got a uh, good buddy we want to go we, i don't know i was thinking some kind of a trip and sometimes you used to rent like vans or get vans and the people had cbs in their vehicles oh, like yeah. in the regular vehicles i had them did you have, and and i remember as a kid uh riding i don't know where we were going or where I was. somebody had a cb though and we were screwing around on it and which was which was fun at first, and then somebody on the one of the one of the truckers on the channel would say, "You kids get up here, quit screwing around." And that hey, you were on channel nineteen. Yeah, which I you, don't know. you shouldn't have been on. So <laughs> that got my attention, and so I was like, "Whoa, whoa sorry." You needed a ten one hundred, right? I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I, 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 I'm, you know, the forecast here uh, that I've got in front of me looks like you know mostly sun throughout today. Is there is there a chance though we yeah. get some showers yeah, today? They, um, Jessica Blum is a meteorologist, Channel 8. She's doing weather today. Uh, she said by a chance uh, late this afternoon into this evening. Not expecting a huge amount of rain, but uh, we could use some. Uh, and it looks like uh, Friday morning, Saturday morning, probably Friday morning, pretty good chance of frost developing. Oh, my goodness. We're going to get snow before we actually get rain, I think, at this point, which I guess is some level of moisture. But, Wow. Uh, the dryness continues. By the way, uh, tomorrow on the show, Dr. Ken Dewey is his monthly visit at 810. Ask him about the dome. I'm not. Stop. <laughs> I'm not not asking you. I already have one person in the meteorological community who's already <laughs> who already is, you know, begrudgingly coming on my show once a week. I'm not alienating another one uh, for uh for that and uh mickey joseph uh spoke yesterday we do know nebraska football's uh game after this week at purdue uh which will be a week from this coming saturday is now going to be another night time so three kick. night games in a row three right? night games in a row where it seemed like the last couple of seasons every game was at 11 a.m and we had night games as well for what uh george southern was a night game as well so a lot of night games for Nebraska football fans this year. The, that one is um, is at Purdue, though. So no, the next two, Friday, this Friday night at Rutgers, and then the following Saturday night, another night game, and that one will be at Purdue. Kick this so Friday is a little earlier. It, it is at 6 o'clock on a Friday night. That'll be weird. That'll be weird. So it'll change, uh, it'll change your program a little bit pregame at 2 here on KLIN. So we'll be doing Friday afternoon pregaming. Following the Friday Husker tailgate. Yep, yep. All right, we're going to take a break. I've uh, I've got sports coming up after this at 625. Uh, we've got uh, a whole lot more coming up. Your sound off right after news. You're listening to Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499 KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com.
Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Just Jessica Blum. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, your key to get pick number three in fantasy Huskers this week. Your question this week, what will be Nebraska's longest offensive scoring play. How many yards will it cover? So that's what you're guessing, just a number of yards, the longest offensive touchdown scoring play. This would not include a like uh, interception pick six or another blocked punt, although I'd take those during the game. So I want to just know what that is. Uh, the pick so far, the Jeremy says 56 Craig got pick two. He says 38. You can have pick three, but in order to get that, you got to text us the keyword, which today is coast for the third pick. Coast, C-O-A-S-T, coast. Text that into the Rickstein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400, and uh, you will be one of the people who is in our virtual drawing to get that pick. If you don't get it, listen again today at 810. I'll put out the keyword for pick number four at that point and at the same times throughout the rest of this week. I got a lot in the sound off, so I want to jump in. Um, uh, continued. I know. I know. Mark had uh, some on the news today about some of the people from LES that have been down to Florida. You've had Task Force One locally, uh, who's been bad down there and back to Florida. Uh, you've you've certainly probably seen some of the images that have uh, have gone along with it with with flooding and and what especially what it's done to Sanibel Island. That was a place I was able to take a vacation to. Oh, almost a decade ago, and it was just a great, beautiful place. And it just, it just sucks to see what's happened there uh, with the damage. But uh, the latest now, and and uh, obviously still huge recovery efforts underway, especially in the uh, Florida on the on the Gulf Coast side. There, there continues to be a need for the essentials for so many Floridians. At 25 National Guard distribution sites in the hardest hit counties of Lee and Charlotte, people can pick up boxes of meals, cases of water, and bags of ice. But the lines are now getting shorter as life is slowly getting better. More gas stations are open and grocery stores and restaurants. Just more than half the residents here, though, still without electricity. That's down from 95% as Cat 4 Hurricane Ian blasted ashore Wednesday. Nearly 2,000 people remain in shelters. Still unknown exactly how many no longer have a home at all. In Fort Myers, Florida, Phil Keating, Fox News. I, I, I probably should have realized this, but it was interesting. I kind of had my eyes open when I went to uh, to Galveston. We went there at spring break last uh, last spring with my family and uh, spent some time on the beach. It was a little chilly, but we spent some time on the beach there. But um, 
everything everything there in that town and i'm i'm sure all the way along um these coastal areas especially in those gulf coastal areas that can can be hit are the the buildings are on stilts everything is prepped um for the potential of of a hurricane well not not totally everything but it was just it was amazing to me you know just how much that issue is uh, that that can come the potential of it alone can come and and change architecture and change all of these things that are just visual there uh, about the island. But again, you know, sometimes there's only so much you can do, and you get those surges that go way up there into these areas, and that's uh, that's where a lot of the problems have come. So uh, continued recovery there it does sound like they are making some progress, but you know, a big. I think they said a hundred uh, people lost their life throughout uh, the path of Ian. Um, Another sign that uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Biden said it. I get pandemic is over. I, we're not talking about it all that much, if at all, here on on this show anymore. But uh, CDC lifted another one of those restrictions that was still hanging around since 2020. The CDC announced Monday they're dropping its country by country COVID travel health notices that began back in early 2020 as the pandemic was taking hold. The agency saying the reason for the change is fewer countries are testing for the virus or reporting the number of COVID-19 cases and thus limiting the CDC's ability to calculate travelers' risk. The CDC still recommends that travelers remain up to date on vaccines and follow recommendations found on its international travel page. Ted Lindner, Fox News. I Honestly, I've not, you know, we're to a point that I'm glad that I always hoped we would get to and, and uh, I looked forward to where... I'm not thinking about COVID really on a day to day basis anymore, unless they're, you know, we're talking about it. There's a, there's a reason to, but I did. It was interesting. I was in the grocery store yesterday and I walked by a, like a, an end cap that had just a huge stack of, of these, uh, of these antigen tests that you can now buy only nine ninety nine now to get these things where, and I know the government gave out some of them free, but I, I remember, boy, it was just, uh, not even a not even a year ago, right? Yeah, it was that that Christmas break, that holiday break last year when they things bumped up again so much with Omicron, and I remember going all across town trying to find where some of those tests were. So it is, you know, it is hasn't even been a year with some of these things where it was just profoundly impacting life here at this point, and uh, we are we are at that spot. Here we are in in 2022. Two and a half, almost two and a half years. Yeah, two and a half years since this first thing became a reality in our life where, you know, for and it probably happened at different times for different people, but you're really in a spot. We kept saying, when are we going to get back to normal? And and it's probably been here for a while, but it did happen. Now, it doesn't mean there still aren't people who are struggling and suffering with it and, and still getting it, um, but but it is interesting to kind of just step back and take a look at where we've come on on this whole thing um and then the other thing is uh the, there is some concern from the the health authorities that perhaps this year well flu might come back in a way it hasn't before for i think pretty obvious reasons it hasn't been a huge concern the last couple of years with um what people have been kind of especially mindful of vaccinations and um, it, you know, especially back two two flu seasons ago, not really going out all that much. But it is uh, something where they're saying, "Hey, 
Um, if you're if if you're somebody who's inclined to get vaccinations, uh, be thinking about getting that flu shot ASAP. The CDC says flu levels hit unprecedented lows during the pandemic, and while there's no way to predict just how bad the upcoming flu season will be, it could be poised for a comeback, pointing to high flu cases overseas. One problem here: people are vaccine weary, and there's a decline in trust of federal and state health agencies surrounding the pandemic. Though still, doctors are urging us to. To get the flu shot, specifically older Americans, younger children, and people with underlying health problems. The CDC advises flu vaccine by the end of October, but says they can be given any time during the flu season. It just takes two weeks for protection to set in. Mm. Jeff Manasso, right. Fox News. I probably should do that. I probably should do that. Before, everybody was always fighting about vaccines. I regularly got a, a flu shot, so... Uh, something to think about again if that's something you're in inclined to do. The timing is right now. Um, so if you're uh, somebody who flies regularly, you might, uh, or even irregularly, you might you might find this interesting. A, uh, a a rule that the FAA was going to put in effect in terms of just how much rest flight attendants need between jobs has been changed and. It's gonna. It, it might, at least from a financial perspective, might have a really significant impact on the airline industries, but maybe also a good impact on the uh, on the morale of the flight attendants that we're working with every day. The Federal Aviation Administration is reportedly going to require airline flight attendants get at least ten hours of rest between shifts. Congress wanted to enact that back in 2018, but the Association of Flight Attendants says the Trump administration tried to prevent that rule from taking effect. The trade group Airlines for America estimates the rule is going to cost its members, like American Airlines and Delta, about $786 million over the next 10 years. But the FAA has been citing reports that say fatigue is associated with poor performance of safety and security-related tasks. Hmm. Chris DeMeo, Fox News. I also just think you eventually have got to go... The, the uh, a lot of jobs I couldn't do, wouldn't be good at. I think the flight attendant one, in addition to just being patient with people... Just the constantly feeling like you're in the smallest space possible trying to do your job. <laughs> any any profession that's like that, where you're in the just the smallest complete space possible at all points, just ugh, just it gives me like a minor claustrophobia just thinking about the whole thing. Uh, so thank you to the men and women out there who do that. Uh, oh my gosh! So have you followed at all the saga of? James Madison's flute and Lizzo playing it. I had guys, I got to be honest. I mean, I I think I have an okay knowledge of of US presidential or uh, US history um and and some of the things that go along with it. I did not know a lot about the crystal flute of James Madison. Um maybe you didn't either. But now apparently it's this uh flashpoint in the political world because Lizzo played it. And apparently James Madison's estate is not bothered by that at all because they want to keep keep this going. Lizzo playing the flute. Lizzo recently made headlines for playing a 200-year-old crystal flute once owned by the nation's fourth president. And now she's been invited to visit his estate. She played the flute lent to her by the Library of Congress during her show in Washington, D.C. last week. TMZ reports that a representative for James Madison's estate in Montpelier, Vermont, has issued Lizzo an invitation to take a private tour. 
The flute was made in 1813, specifically for Madison in honor of his second inauguration. The Madison estate says they'd love to work something out in which she could play a set there and bring in that crystal flute. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. So this flute was made by, I'm not going to do the French right here, the French uh, accent, Claude Laurent, uh, Claude Laurent of Paris, one of apparently 20 Lauren Glass flutes in the library's collection um, is is in there. It made it, as, as she said there, specifically in honor of that second inauguration. It's, it's styled in a way that Laurent, it's probably Laurent, has uh, seems to have reserved for especially illustrious figures. Its silver joint is engraved with James Madison's name and the title of the year that the flute was made, 1813. So, um, and they thought all 20 of them were crystal. Turns out the, some of the staff began to study some of these, for, uh, some of these and it looks like perhaps... Uh, some of them were actually made of potash glass as opposed to high leaded glass or, or or crystal. They're still they're still precious, but but the crystal ones, those are the ones that you're looking for. If you're looking for a real you're looking for a real unique flute, those are the ones that you want to get. Uh hey, if you uh <laughs> if you've always always wanted to try the the whole Peloton thing, um, see the commercials on TV, but you're like, man, I am not shelling out that much money. I can just, you know, ride the stationary bike that I have and imagine a trainer yelling at me or, or something like that. Well, you might have a, a, a way you can try it out that you didn't before. Sounds like uh, Hilton and Peloton and Peloton is needing to find some more. Uh, they need to find some new ways into the market because I think their high prices are catching up with them. So they're going to try and get a little bit more exposure that way through people staying at hotels. The fitness equipment maker is trying to expand its reach with a new partnership with Hilton. By the end of the year, Hilton hotel guests around the U.S. will be able to hop on a Peloton bike to get their workout. All 5,400 U.S. Hilton branded hotels, including Hampton, Doubletree, and Embassy Suites, will feature at least one Peloton bike in every fitness center. As the struggling company continues to broaden its customer base. Hilton is the first hospitality brand to feature Peloton bikes across its entire U.S. hotel portfolio of 18 brands. Just last week, Peloton said it will be selling its equipment at over 100 Dick's Sporting Goods locations. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. The distribution and the exposure might help, but still that price point that I think's really, that I think's really killing them here right now. But we'll see. Maybe this will, maybe this will make a big difference. Big anniversary in the theme park world, and man, I was only I was only five years old when this thing opened. But man, I still remember the buzz around it, and I got to go there a couple of years later. Happy birthday to Epcot Center! Disney is celebrating the 40th anniversary of Epcot, marking the occasion with Epcot 40 commemorative merchandise, a light show at Spaceship Earth, and graphics throughout the venue. There was also an anniversary ceremony over the weekend. Dubbed an experimental prototype community of tomorrow, Epcot for short, it opened in October of 1982, becoming Disney's second theme park in Florida after the Magic Kingdom. All four of Walt Disney World theme parks in Orlando are back open after weathering Hurricane Ian. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. So I was fortunate. I had a I had an uncle who uh, uh, did did a lot of travel for for work, and um, I was I was good friends with uh, it was my cousin his son my cousin we hung out a lot at the time, and I got to tag along with them 
uh, on a trip to Orlando. First time I'd ever been there. Probably about, I want to say like 86 or 87. And and so we were going to do some of the Orlando stuff. And um, at that point in my life, I was bar none. The most excited thing I was of all of the attractions that they had out there from obviously Magic Kingdom to, to SeaWorld to uh, I think something like the Universal Studios or MGM uh, Studios stuff was still out there. Epcot was the thing that I was most excited about. That seemed that seemed like the cutting edge of future entertainment to me. And then throw that, that's only half, you got the rides. That was what I was most excited about was going in the big golf ball looking thing. But then you throw in, they've got all the countries in the back half of it where you go through and you're in a different country and in every part of the thing. That was uh, that was as excited by far as I've ever been in my life to to go to it. And it, did, it delivered at the time. Now, I don't, I haven't been there. I was there. I I uh, ran in the half marathon, a Disney half marathon, like in 2009. And I don't think we actually, I think we ran through Epcot, but I don't think we actually went there. So I, I, am, I am curious about how like dated it feels now because cutting edge technology in 1982, 1986, and the way cut the rides kind of do that. I wonder how much they've had to adapt it over the years since it has been built on on technology. Oh, and we also saw, I think it was the first time I had ever seen a 3D movie in a theater either. They had the Michael Jackson movie, Captain EO. L- look it up if you don't, if you don't know what it is. Uh, controversy in the fishing world. Oh boy. This is, uh, this is a huge scandal if you're into competitive fishing. Couple of guys won a pretty big tournament, but the way that they did it, not on the up and up. Two men thought they'd get the big prize in the Lake Erie Walleye Trail Tournament, but the tournament's director didn't fall for their scheme, hook, line, and sinker. A video on Twitter shows tournament director Jason Fisher cutting open the winning catch of five walleye and finding lead weights and prepared fish fillets inside them. The winning anglers, Jacob Runyon of Ohio and Chase Kaminsky of Pennsylvania, were immediately disqualified. The video also shows Fisher urging Runyon to leave for his own safety as folks hurled expletive-laced insults at him. <laughs> and now the county prosecutor's office in Cleveland has opened an investigation. Wow! Tom Rigotti, Fox News. So my question is, why the combo of the lead weights and the fish fillets that you probably bought at like uh, at at Costco or something that you just put in inside of those? I assume they 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 just thought they were going to cut them open. I was like, oh well, this one already cut itself. But what are these lead weights? What is going on here exactly? Last but not least, I got to get to this one. Guys, we have a new record, and very appropriate as we get into the Halloween season and the fall season uh, more extensively. The biggest ever, you know, you talk about the great pumpkin. This is the greatest pumpkin. The biggest pumpkin ever in the United States is officially in the record books this year. Visitors to the Great Pumpkin Farm in the Buffalo suburb of Clarence could be saying, oh my gourd. It's now home to the heaviest pumpkin ever recorded in the U.S. It weighs a staggering 2,554 pounds. And while that shatters the previous American record, it's still shy of the Guinness World Record. That was set by a grower in Italy at just over 2,700 pounds. That's a lot of pumpkin spice latte. Tom Graham Fox hey, News. Italy, we're coming for you. Watch your back around Halloween. We're coming for you. And if we don't get the the world's biggest pumpkin, I'm before I you know before I leave this earth, I'm gonna be very disappointed. We need to get that one from Italy.
Feels like it should be ours. All right, that's it for your sound off. 655, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Now in the capital city, we've got a temperature of 56 degrees. Uh, all right, coming up, Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. He's going to join us at 710. Hey, don't forget, coming up on Saturday night, the Husker game's going to be done on Friday night. You might not have plans Saturday. I'm looking at the forecast. Oh, it's going to feel like fall weather. Saturday night, probably in the 50s. Uh, and we're going to be celebrating Oktoberfest at the uh, shops at Piedmont. We'd love for you to ch- come on down to our 7th Annual Oktoberfest. Uh, we're going to have food vendors, beer, music from B Street Band, festivities, contests. Now, it is for uh, 21 and over. Uh, you can get your ticket packages right now. There's a regular package, and there's a VIP package that gets you a koozie and some access to imported German beers as well. You can go to com and you get a link to it, and if you use code KLIN at checkout, you're going to get an exclusive exclusive discount so it should be fun again kicks off five o'clock saturday night continues till 11 o'clock uh actually uh nebraska dot highway safety office is also going to be sponsoring safe ride homes through z trip so uh that's something you can take advantage of as well and a bunch of sponsors for this thanks for uh, making it possible including allo communications eagle printing uh gloria deo harbor coffee house adorned bridal and 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 you know, a lot of those, a lot of those places too in the Piedmont shops. I mentioned some of them uh, for allowing us to do this. I'll be out there. Caleb will be out there. Uh, Steve King will be out there, and uh, we plan on having a good time uh, drinking some drinking some Oktoberfest beers. Having some, there's a lot of sausages out there, guys. So, I mean, what else do I need to say at this point? All right, 56 degrees in the capital city coming up during the seven o'clock hour. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. We'll talk Nebraska news and politics. We'll count them down. The five things you're talking about today with the morning drive as well. Seven o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, 56 degrees. Caleb Henry out today and tomorrow. Johnny Cadillac in on the board. Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom. We've got Bick on traffic today. And uh, right now, joined by Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, as we are right to the date, if I'm uh, counting this right, Joe, five weeks from uh, midterm election day in Nebraska and around the country. So we've done it. We hit the five mark, five week mark. Congrats. <laughs> now, yeah, now every campaign, they, they know every day and every hour as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. And, and a couple of things that, uh, that you've, you've had stories on related to that. And I, I, I remember a little bit of this being a, a story during one of the, the GOP primary like forums, I think that they did, uh, where it was, where it was about, uh, Jim Pillen talking about the conditions of, 
of Nebraska's roads. I don't know that it was broadband then. I think it was about roads, but you can you can fill me in the details now. Um, and and I guess this is what happens when we don't have debates. We go back to old debates and old comments and trying to piece together exactly what what everyone's positions on this. But you had a story about um, where Pillen is on on just the condition and and the pri- policy priority importance for dealing with some of the infrastructure for roads and uh, broadband. What did you find out? It certainly appears in the past 10 months that Jim Pillen has changed his position or his mind on how good Nebraska's roads and broadband uh, are. Uh, You were referring to an incident. uh, It was December 2021. There was a panel of the Republican candidates for governor at that time. It wasn't technically a debate. Uh, And during that uh, panel discussion, there was a talk about what to do with that with that federal money that the Biden administration has gotten through for uh, infrastructure. And at the time, uh, Jim Pillen said, uh, let me pull the exact quote up. He said, could we use some money for roads and broadband? Maybe, but not today. They're not that bad. So he both basically said that the roads and the conditions of the roads and the, and the broadband situation in Nebraska was not that bad. Well, then in a interview on KFAB radios, one of their Saturday morning shows, not a news program, uh, it's, a, it's a business uh, program, uh, local business, statewide businesses. Uh, Pillen was uh, in the area, they were having it out at uh, Nebraska Crossing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pillen was there, they brought him on the air, and uh, they asked him for, you know, well, a couple of things you might do in the next four years, sort of if you were elected, what would you, what would you be concentrating on? And uh, what he said is this, quote, we've had too many four-lane roads under construction for 40 years in the state. We have to change that mindset. We have to get in the game and compete harder. And number two, broadband access. We have parts of even our metropolitan communities. They're they're not that bad, uh, or or there are problems, he was saying. It's not acceptable. So he went from the roads and broadband being not that bad to being not acceptable. Now, the reason some of this matters is what you were referring to a minute ago in terms of the lack of debates, because if you recall, when he made the comment about roads back in uh, December of 2021, and he followed that up by saying, and it was a few months later, there was a few months that went by, we went through the Christmas and, and January, mm-hmm. and then he decided he wasn't going to partake in any debates. Well, some of his critics at that point went back to that Rhodes discussion and said, here's why he doesn't want to do a debate, because he'll make a misstep similar or maybe even worse than he did during uh, that that panel discussion on on Rhodes and broadband. So now it it appears that he's changed his position on Rhodes and broadband, but for the most part, it's gone unnoticed because there are no debates. The campaign between uh, Pillen and State Senator Carol Blood is relatively, if not completely, lackluster. And getting him on the record on things has been difficult. We called, I called, News Channel Nebraska called him after I heard about this recorded uh, interview. Uh, I called his campaign and said, hey, I'd like to clear a few things up on this, on his position on Rosa Broadband and some other things. Can I get an on-camera interview? Which I've been asking for for months right. now. And the answer was, uh, well, Joe, uh, Mr. Pillen's uh, schedule is, quote, very dynamic right now. Uh, and we'll try and we'll get back to you if something mm-hmm. opens up. Hmm. So, so do they get back no to you? comment, no <laughs> explanation as to why he has gone from roads being uh, 
uh, okay, uh, not that bad to not acceptable. No explanation. It just is what it is, and that's all we know. I know when it happened originally. I know. I know Herbster seized on it. In fact, I you know Herbster, um, I, as I recall, even even talked about it, saying, "Hey, look, um, that that even it because I think the context around the original statement." Had to do with taking federal money, right. um, and 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 just and I, I you know I think you know, I'm not going to try and put what was in his his mind, but I I think he, he he basically was trying to make a point about federal federal government overspending essentially, and uh, I mean man I could write the statement for him right now by the way <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I could, here I am probably saying saying you know saying what what you could on this whole thing. And but but Herbster Herbster uh, kind of seized on that, and he said, I mean, he even had a uh, a statement that said, like it or not, the feds uh, uh, were sending infrastructure to Nebraska, and that critical infrastructure investments were needed on this whole thing. How big of a, I don't know, how big I don't know if gaff is the word, like how big a deal is it? Let's say if if he had said and if he had stuck with it the, that the roads and the the uh, broadband to some degree aren't that bad is that like a huge is that like a huge gaffe in political circles if he says something like that well it was at the time back in december uh um in addition to the criticism that he received from some others i mean senator uh, state senator lindstrom who was running for governor at that time he kind of chimed in during that same panel discussion that he was worried about about bridges in the state that there are all these bridges that are that are out forcing farmers to, to, to drive, you know, 25 miles out of the way to get their products to and from their farm. Uh, there was a, uh, uh, I'm trying to think what his first name is, Ridenauer. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Braylon Ridenauer from Elkhorn. He made the comment right, right, after, right after Mr. Pillen spoke, uh, Ridenauer said, Nebraska is known for being a state with horrible roads. We need to do better. So uh, there was criticism. Uh, of of uh, Pillen at that time, but like a lot of Republican uh, situations, and I say situations because it wasn't a debate, but in a lot of a lot of campaigns like that, this is December, you know, six months before the May primary. At that point, a lot of the candidates they're they're really very velvet gloves. They're not going after each other yet. Yeah. Had, had Jim Pillen said that in April. It would have been a huge deal in that Republican primary, yeah. but he said it early on, and by the and by the time we got to you know April and, and going into the primary, a lot of other things that had overtaken. Pillen had already decided he wasn't going to do any debates. Uh, it was basically you know Herbster versus Julie Slama on the sexual assault allegations. So things had changed completely between December and and then. Yeah. yeah. My uh, the, the reason I think it's significant today is. He, he's made this position change without any explanation of why he's made this position change. And that's the part that I think is interesting. You're hearing, I'm hearing from a lot of Republicans even right now that are wondering, because they, they presume that, that Jim Pillen's going to be elected on, on November 8th. They sure. have no reason to believe otherwise. But they're wondering what his governorship is going to look like. Is he going to have news conferences? Is he going to talk to the media? Is how is this how is this going to operate? Who's going to be his chief of staff? How are they going to put all this thing together to go forward? And there's there's obviously time to get all that done, but those questions have you can't you can ask him, but you don't get an answer, and we don't know what what a pill in the administration yeah, that, might look like going forward. That will be interesting. That you know that 
um, what what because for you know kind of all the the comparisons to he and and Ricketts and and their of course association together, it would be hard to imagine um, just what we've seen so far with kind of the pill and strategy. And maybe this will change. It would be hard to imagine for it to look anything like Ricketts in terms of communications, right? I mean, what's your, is your, my take, my take, and I'd be curious what yours is, but, and I'm not sure what it's like when you call him, but, you know, in terms of just frequent media appearances, press conferences, you know, the ability, if I wanted to get him on my show, that was pretty, pretty doable, uh, Mm -hmm. usually, um, is, is that, was that kind of your experience with the, with the Ricketts tenure? Yes. Look, people may disagree or agree with Pete Ricketts, but in terms of, of being accessible to answer questions, I never ran into a problem with him. Uh, and, I, and I've said this before, you may not like what Pete Ricketts thinks, but he will tell you what he thinks and go from there. Uh, there aren't a lot of uh, subterfuges in, in Pete Ricketts. If he believes something, he'll take it, you know, he'll take it all the way, you know, as far as he wants uh, and, 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 and battle you out. Um, the, as I said, uh, for instance, if Pete Ricketts made a significant change in his position, which is like almost unheard of, to be honest with you, he rarely ever has changed his. When he's got a position, it's pretty much mm-hmm. that's the position you're going to hear for forever. Uh, but if he did make some significant change, I would suspect he would explain. Here's why I've changed my position on this, one right. way or the other. But my but the concern that, as I said, even Republicans are having with. Uh, with Mr. Pillen is there is no explanation to why he made this position change. And they wonder what kind of an administration they're going to see going forward on the presumption that he gets elected on November 8th. I mean, I, the, 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 I'm going further into the quote, the original one from December. Could we use more money for roads and broadbands? Maybe, but not today. They're not that bad. We need to wait until the conservatives get back in charge and then we give money and use it correctly. I, uh, so I guess the yeah. question is now, like, how bad uh, is there ever a level of badness that you get that you would use federal money if, you well, know, and, and, depending and on who's in power which, in D.C.? Which, yeah, and the other question, which wasn't debated at that point in time because it was all, all conservative Republicans that were running, um, what, what, what's the difference between conservatives doling out, you know, mm. A hundred million dollars to Nebraska and Democrats doling out a hundred million dollars sure. to Nebraska. I mean, if we look at the money that has come into the state, the the uh, the federal COVID money, the uh, ARP money, so to speak, is what it's called. But it, the, you know, Governor Ricketts has said, "I don't." You know, it, it should basically he said it shouldn't be here, but I'm going to spend it because it's here. I mean, yeah. that's, and every every state in the union has basically said, every Republican state has basically said the same thing. You know, we don't like it. Uh, it's overspending, but mm-hmm. since it's here, we're going to spend it. We'll take mm-hmm. it and we'll spend it. Yeah. So uh, does it really matter, you know, in the end, who's giving out the money, how you're going to spend it? I, <sighs> that, that was the question that was never answered by Mr. Pillen and still hasn't been answered by Mr. Pillen. 2023 will be uh, interesting. Um, yeah. Um, anything else uh, that you're working on as we at the uh, kind of that five week, five week spot between now and, and Election Day here at this point? Well, sort of semi-related to the uh, the election, uh, the, uh, the I was going to say the Herbster campaign, but it's not the Herbster campaign anymore, but in some respects it still is. Uh, yeah. Mr. Herbster is now challenging uh, candidates for the legislature to tell them, to tell him, I guess, uh, how they would vote uh, on that first day the legislature meets in 2023 
to have a secret ballot or not a secret ballot for uh, Speaker of the Legislature, committee chairmanships, mm-hmm. uh, and and the and Mr. Herbster wants and he and he put out a you know uh, basically an an, an order to uh, candidates running for the legislature, in, uh, incumbents and non incumbents. Uh, how how would you how would you deal with that? And and these, they came back and they said they've got twenty four. Of, of uh, at least 24 candidates for the legislature who now say that they will demand a uh, open open ballot, not a secret ballot, to know how people are voting for these positions. And um, that would be a significant change in the legislature because right now, as we all know, if you look at, if you look at the, the numbers of votes that people get on some of these positions, it's clear that, that there are Democrats who vote for Republicans and mm-hmm. some Republicans who vote for Democrats for these positions, but nobody knows who votes for who because it's a secret ballot. Mm-hmm. If you open that up and it's no longer a secret ballot, you first of all, you're going to know who voted for who. Secondly, it raises the question of, you know, would will Republicans be more reluctant to vote for some Democrat who wants the chairmanship of the Judiciary Committee or, what, or whatever it is? Because now it's going to look like he turned his back on his own party, right. uh, even though it's a quote-unquote nonpartisan legislature. And then if you do that, are you going to be, you know, are you going to pay for that down the road? Will the party turn on you when you run for re-election in four years? Will they make it more difficult for you uh, in other ways within the party structure? Uh, so... And, 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 if, and if that's the thought and that's the concern, then maybe you don't vote for that Democrat for that position, even if you think that Democrat, for whatever reason, is the most qualified person for that position. And, it's, and the same per, pertains to, to, to Democrats voting for Republicans. Would they be ostracized in the Democratic Party for right. voting for a Republican for a chairmanship or what have you? Right. So that's going to be it's sort of under the radar right now. But um, it's, you know, depending on who gets elected on November 8th. Along with the question of you know that whole issue of how the legislature is going to handle abortion going forward, mm-hmm. uh, depending on who gets in and can they fight back filibusters, what have you, that rules debate that first day in the legislature is going to be fascinating. Right, and then wasn't Herbster the? I think we talked about this Herbster thing, you know, related to that, related to some of his donations. He also was interested in positions on constitutional carry. Was that right? Was that the other yes, issue? Not, yes, yeah, and we've not heard back on. I don't. The release that I saw didn't include. The, uh, the, the numbers on that one yet. Okay. That'll be interesting. Well, you know, y- you've got the numbers, but it's all going to, it all, this is an obvious statement, but it's all going to depend who wins and who doesn't come five weeks from today. Well, um, and in addition, one footnote to this, the, uh, the Herpster's organization is saying that they're going to do ads on this, like saying, you know, naming these people so the public knows who's, who's on their side and who's not, so to speak before the election and they're going to do it after the election to make sure that nobody nobody changes their position going into the vote in, Man, in, in I just, January. Ah, boy, I don't uh, th- this is not a, expressing an opinion on the policy. This is on the strategy here. Is that is that is is that TV commercial fodder that's going to get, you know, regular Nebraska voter fired up and interested? I don't know. It may not know. be, but you know, Jane Klepp has made the comment that they're going from you know Ricketts bankrolling the GOP to Herbs are now bankrolling yeah. the GOP. So I mean, he clearly, ha- if if he wants to spend that money, he clearly has the money to spend. Let's put I don't it. know. I don't know if I were spending that money, I'd be talking about uh, the border <laughs> and you know abortion and those sorts of things probably. But I'm not a I'm not a political strategist. I'm a morning show radio host. <laughs> uh, Joe, good to talk to you. Thanks for your reporting. We'll check in again next Tuesday. All right. Have a good one, Jack. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. All right, it's 726, 56 degrees in the capital city. I've got uh, sports for Caleb coming up next on KLIN.
I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get the start of your morning drive, starting with... Number five. Lincoln's latest homicide yesterday afternoon was a stabbing. It happened, uh, or police got a call shortly after four for an apartment complex near 40th and Highway 2. Now, two people have been arrested. Uh, No uh, identities have been given. We don't have a lot of information other than the man was uh, dead when police arrived on the scene. LPD is asking for anybody that may have additional information or video surveillance to contact the police department at their non-emergency number, 402-441-6000, or Crime Stoppers, 402-475-3600. It just seems like it has been all, all too frequent that we've... Uh, started out the show you wake up to the the push alerts on your phone whatever uh it is and then this one was in the afternoon so it wasn't even overnight but there's a there's a story of uh another what looks like it, it's going to end up being a, a homicide in the city of lincoln it's just been it's been busy with that and and i mean let let's be honest about it i mean there are there are if you go through if you're specifically looking at homicide the homicide numbers do ebb and flow you know you'll have some years where you're at double digits you had one year a couple years ago where there was zero throughout the entirety of of the year and and so it but it does seem like you're in one of those these these years here where that number is is going to be very much on the high end of what lincoln normally sees and the the difficult part about it is is mark is is pinpointing you know one there is i'm i mean there's just not one one answer one reason one policy solution that no. goes along with it but i think it's something that probably a lot of people are 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 thinking about probably something honestly you know for for better or for worse that'll become something that uh, is significant as you know we talked about a new mayoral candidate that'll probably be a big part of the discussion among the candidates too what do you do what this because i think one of the big values that people have living here in lincoln you know i i love living in this place and and there's a lot of reasons for it but one of them is because you know it's it's not only not not that it should, i feel like it's safe for me and my family but just that that is that it's safe for um for most everyone uh, right and you're and, and you, you aren't waking up and seeing those stories day after day on your streets and and so you do wonder where the impact is and and is it something that it is kind of just hey this is how the the numbers kind of go every year is there something more specific um that with that are involved in these you know is it i don't know drugs gang activity still after effects of the pandemic does it have to do with the the level and method of policing i mean these are all questions that i'm 
frankly, I'm just asking questions and not really proffering answers here at this point. But it is, I think it's something the city needs to 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 be thinking about here. Well, the city needs to think about it. So do uh, all the citizens. You know, it's uh, every every one of these stories. Police are asking people with more information, and if people have information and they're not coming forward. That's all part of the the community's responsibility to help solve these issues. I think mm-hmm. the other thing is that most of the homicides have actually occurred in the past five months uh, since May. Yeah. Uh, majority of for the yeah, year. Yeah, that's anyway. why it feels. It feels. That's why it feels, feels the way that it does. Right. That's been and, in a and, shorter time, and we've had several instances where uh, there have been um, shootings and other uh, types of stabbings where multiple people have been uh, hurt or injured. Mm-hmm. And and so it just seems as though, uh, yeah. and we have the, the reality story of searching the landfill, and I mean, you yeah, know, right? We got we got we have we've got all these things, but yeah, what I mean, I guess you know, the last four homicides, uh, they've had arrests in in all of them, so that's good, that's good, that's um, that's the other side, good police but work as, there on those. But as to the reasons why, we may never know. Uh, and then on to another heavy and, and uh, serious story that Mark's got some more insight on. Number four. Well, investigators still trying to determine what were the actual cause of that one vehicle crash that killed six around 2.20 Sunday morning uh, just east of 56th and Randolph. It actually was a 911 call from an iPhone recording indicating the owner of the phone was in a severe crash and was not See, responding. I thought, yeah, I talked about how the, yep. there, were, there were some reports about that. And, that is this that, new feature on iPhones. That and, was confirmed. Uh, officers got their uh, black Honda Accord uh, into a tree. Five were uh, dead at the scene. Uh, another woman was taken to the hospital. She died later on and, uh, Sunday morning. And, uh, they've all been identified now. The driver... Uh, 26-year-old Jonathan Kurth of Lincoln. Passengers in their 20s, Octavius Farr, Cassie Brenner, Nicholas Isel, Jonathan Cook, and Benjamin Lange. Lange, I believe it is. Uh, he was from Omaha. All the rest were from uh, Lincoln. Uh, Jonathan Cook is actually a native of Org. And you're starting to, uh, at least I am, starting to hear some of the people here in in um, the community that knew that worked with um, with these people, and 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 Mark, you you know, we should share that you were out there, kind of um, uh, you were you were to doing get a some covering, just to go out, go out there and get a the picture, picture of, the of the memorial that was developing for our web yeah. posting. Uh, ended up talking to the father of one of the victims, an aunt, and a brother. Uh, just you know, heart wrenching for them. You, about all you can really say is. Uh, really sorry for your loss, and and know that you know the community is grieving yeah. with you. And and without divulging too much detail, that you know people want to have their own privacy about this. But uh, you know that there were people who were close to some of these people who are going out there for the first time yes. to that place, and and obviously mourning and and grieving the situation. Yeah, and some of the personal stories that they tell, uh, you know, are just they they tell about the good times that they had with. With their loved one and and uh, how gregarious some of them were and to to have six young people yeah. you know all perish in that that and manner. Had, I've heard several people in law enforcement just you know say and I don't know exa- I don't know exactly just saying how how terrible you know obviously it is that's a dumb thing for yep. me to say but just saying this is just one of the worst situations that they've seen. Yeah, um, first responders just yeah. have have to deal with so much. Yeah, 
Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. Number three. We've talked about this before. We weren't sure exactly when it would uh, or if it would happen, but uh, StarTran is going to start collecting fares again on the 17th. Bus passes are now available. Uh, They stopped collecting in April of 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but it's actually cost uh, StarTran about $1.2 million a year, so they are going to start uh, collecting those fares again. So, okay. So, yeah, this I mean, it was a a free ride for, for quite a while here at this point and so i'm looking at the klin article some of these i don't know how much these are changed from where they were but like a cash fare now is a dollar 25 um kid uh child four and younger is is free um a senior senior saver 62 or older cash fare is 60 cents and then you can get passes uh 17 for a 31 day pass uh, a 20 ride pass for $33 uh, and then there are different prices for paratransit then as well but you can transfer for free um, 25 cents for the downtown trolley kind of gives you an idea of what these fares are going to be but I mean market basically got to the point where uh, where you gotta pay for it where they they were saying well this is just becoming a you know kind of a when you're when you're talking those dollars that are lost in revenue every year but on the other hand if you're gonna have public transportation a bus system like that you do also want to make sure that it's accessible for the people who you know who need it and who who are going to use it as well and so you kind of you know you're kind of trying to find that middle ground there between those two things yeah. as well which which you are and, in, and there are there are some of the um civic organizations community organizations that do supply uh to some people uh, some level of support in getting these passes as well. Yeah. And of course, uh, the other part, uh, UNL students ride free. So. Okay, there you go. Probably just have to have your uh, your ID card and, uh, and make that happen. A so. lot of people go back I, and forth between uh, city and east campus. Yeah, absolutely. Number two. Link and I had to cancel classes yesterday afternoon. A fire was set in a bathroom trash can. Jeez. Uh, alarm went off about 1.30. Students outside till about 2.15. Then they canceled they, Then it. they basically said, we're, yeah. you know, we're this far into the day here at this point. So, and uh, let's be done with it. We're going to be done with this whole thing. So I don't know. I'd be curious to hear. We heard a lot last year coming off the pandemic and getting getting back to it. Not not in, in necessarily just in Lincoln, but around the country about about just some of the difficulties that administrators and teachers were having with with just sort of out there student behavior, misbehavior. I wonder how much, I'd, I'd be curious if that's changed much this year, if it's as we're getting further away from um, the, the pandemic and the impacts of that, if there's something else that's that's driving it. But, I, you know, we, we've already talked, boy, we already talked about first responders and, and how glad that, that we've, we are that there are people willing to do that incredibly difficult job too and and i still i repeat the same thing i'd say about in all the schools here you know the teachers administrators um who are sometimes it probably feels like a little bit of an uphill battle on a day like yesterday it does got the whole school outside because somebody set a fire in the trash can and and just think of the the changes that lps has had in the in the last year a new superintendent got a new high school is open a couple couple of uh, elementary schools so yeah. you know that all adds to uh, 
uh, the systemic uh, challenges that yeah. uh, a growing district and, faces. And and I know that uh, I mean I can I can tell you this year just from talking to teachers too. It's still you know I think Lincoln's in a lot better situation at least LPS is than a lot of districts in the country. But still you know there's still some shorthandedness out there. There's still some shorthandedness out there in the schools that impact those teachers as well. And so uh, important to to remember as well. But also I'll tell you what a lot of good. Th- uh, you know, and and uh, especially you know Lincoln High. I know um, uh, the the principal there, and Mark, uh, Larson. Mark Larson. Yeah, he's been on uh, he's the done show a, with you. Yeah, he's done a great. I think he's done a great job uh, at 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 Lincoln High there, and and uh, they've been doing some really good things too. So don't. Uh, yeah, I guess the other other thing I'd say is, you know, don't let the things that that are in the headlines really completely define what's going on at at these schools either 100 percent because there's a lot more than that number one good news if you're getting your steps in this year for every 2,000 steps you take each day you risk uh, for premature death may fall by 8 to 11 percent uh, that according to research published in the journal of the american medical association's wow. internal medicine it was a study in uh, jama neurology they found walking more accumulating up to roughly 10,000 steps a day was uh, linked to a reduction in the occurrence of cardiovascular disease. Yeah. 13 types of cancer and dementia. My goodness. Yeah, well, it's it's not surprising, but that apparently that little buzz that you get on your wrist, that 10,000 steps, if my, my stinking Fitbit quit working right now, I'm very frustrated. It's very frustrating. I feel like I'm not getting my steps if I don't get... If I don't get told that I got them, and how uh, accurate do you think they are? I don't know. Probably. You know, the biggest thing I notice, Mark, is if I will get on like a treadmill, right? And and it's mainly walking instead of running for me these days. But hopefully, running again soon. But but just walking on it, the difference in calories that it says that I've burned on my wrist, as compared to what the treadmill says. That I burned, even when I put my, you know, my weight and stuff in on the treadmill. Sometimes they are wildly different. Now, of course, you know which one I believe. The, the, the one with the, most. The, the one with the, yeah. the, the one with the most. Well, of course, I'm afraid that may not be the case, though. Well, the the treadmill, though, uh, the one thing that it takes into consideration is if you get any incline. And I that's don't, true. I, I'm not sure how the watch would calculate. Yeah, I don't. That. Other than other than it, it figures it, it figures in heart rate, and that is factored into the formula, or if it's just the the pace of the steps or or how that works but does it doesn't it make does it make you feel good i uh, there is a little there's a little joy every day my uh fitbit when it used to work r.i.p uh it, little fireworks would go off on my wrist really? and oh, stuff wow. i mean not real ones but a little graphic that said congratulations and and, and that, that was at ten thousand uh, yeah ten thousand was was the thing and that was the number that this neurology uh periodical said was kind of the the, the the key number and it's interesting because yeah you would think right okay cardiovascular disease makes sense but they talked about then all these different types of cancer and and then even dementia as well so yeah and that uh, that is a, a big issue yeah yeah dementia. it's just a connection i wouldn't have necessarily right. made but right. but i guess it's just it's, part of overall uh you know good health it's good to, hey i'm getting a lot more of those in now that i got the dog Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. It's now. Now, I mean, we are learning. Uh, let's see, how old is he now? Born in late April, so many June, July, August, September. Getting to getting to six months old here. 
uh, learning, learning a lot, learning that when he gets in, you know, there are some modes that he gets in. There's, of course, I've, I've learned about the zoomies, which I didn't know anything about. Oh, yeah. It was when he just races around the house like a psycho at top speed for a few <laughs> minutes. Then he, he doesn't usually bother anyone. That one actually is just pretty entertaining. But then there's also the mode uh, that he gets in a couple of times a day where he decides he just wants to, if you're on the couch, he wants to not only be on you, but finding uh, one of your body parts to chew on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Still not over that. Still not over that. But we've also found that the solution to that is to take him outside and get him some exercise and, and wear him out. And so well, I've well worn that little path. My my neighborhood is seeing a lot more of me out and about on the streets lately. You're gonna need some with those little plastic bags. You're gonna yeah. need need some go fasts for your what feet one of these first days. Yeah. Some new and, ones. And I'm not getting any credit. Not getting any credit for my uh, Fitbit because it's broken. Because the thing was a POC. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll tell you the model if you need to know. I've had not good luck with it. I, I suppose I need to get one of those Apple ones, Mark, but I don't want to charge it every every single night. I, I have to charge mine every night. Do you have an Apple Watch? I Apple Watch. Do you, I guess I didn't even know it. Do you like it? Like, Do you use no. it? Do you like it? Would you recommend it? No. Okay. <laughs> nope. Thank you. Good to know. I don't want to charge. I want something I can keep on my wrist for four or five days and just when I have 15 minutes get it completely charged. And that's why I have the Fitbit, but then it just quit working. While we're speaking of health, yeah. uh, somebody broke, uh, stole all of our fruit out of our house. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So now I'm, I'm left speechless. <laughs> wow. Yes. The, the rare the rare 7 o'clock hour at the end of the morning drive. Dad joke. And I don't know if they endorse it, but they do sponsor the morning drive. That's Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. We'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're... 7.59, Alan K. today with Jack and Friends. All right, coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to hear from Bill Steffen from the Lead Center. Big week there. Danny Elfman a weekend at 8.35. Talk to John Baylor in Nebraska with a successful weekend on the volleyball court. Coming back home, we'll talk about that as well. We'll see you in a bit here. It's 8 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Time to give you another keyword text it in the Rickstein Recognition text line 402-479-1400 and you can try and predict how many yards the longest offensive touchdown for Nebraska is on Friday night. Your word this hour for pick number four, Scarlet, 
S-C-A-R-L-E-T, Scarlet, S-C-A-R-L-E-T. You text that in now to 402-479-1400. You'll be one of the people in the pool that might get that fourth pick and maybe get the big prize pack from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. Well, we turn our attention now to the fine arts community and a big week in the fine arts community at the Lead Center. And our friend, of course, from the Lead Center joining us right now, Bill Stephan. Bill, good morning. How good morning. Happy Danny Elfman week. Danny Elfman week. For those who don't know, uh, who is, uh, who's Danny Elfman? Well, well uh, tell he, us a little bit about him. So, so everybody knows who John Williams is. Yes. Well, Danny, well everybody thinks so. Most right, people. Yeah. Yes. No, Star Wars, yes. all those movie yes. themes. So, along with John Williams, Danny Elfman has wrote the most pro, you know, movie music of any other composer alive. Kay. He's only 60. You know, John is 90. Wow. And um done a lot in a in a short time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, he's just done an incredible number and the one of the most famous ones is Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And not only did he write all the music for that movie, but he played Jack Skellington in the movie. That's his voice, that's his singing, that's his talking. Mm-hmm. And um at our big movie night this Saturday, he will portray his re- reprise his role as Jack Skellington on our stage with the giant movie screen doing clips from Tim Burton movies. So how did you I mean, how did you set this one up, Bill? Because boy, th- yeah, this is a this is about as unique of experience as you get for sort of a like a multimedia experience. Yeah, the, so we, I've been be you know, dreaming about having a movie multimedia movie live orchestra event for a long time. Um, Danny Elfman came to the Lead Center a number of years ago because we commissioned him to write a new work for the Berlin Philharmonic Piano Quartet. Mm-hmm. We co-commissioned with the Berlin Philharmonic, one of the top orchestras in the world. So we got to know Danny then, and he shared with us about this big, giant project he was doing at the Hollywood Bowl at Lincoln Center. And right. we said, wow, that sounds like we should have that at the Lead Center, too, because <laughs> that's our those are our friends there and our go. peers. So we, you know, the greatest artists in the world, the biggest venues right here They're at Lincoln. They're doing it out there. The that's Lincoln right. Center, the you know and they they should be here too. So that's really where it, where that's it awesome. was ignited was his last visit, and um, we've been talking about it ever since. And not only so so a little bit about the movie night. So in addition to Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. it's going to be Edward Scissorhands. Right. It's going to be Batman themes. We've got yeah. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Pee Wee Herman's Great Adventure. Oh my um, gosh. He did the music for that. Yeah. Oh, large I mean, I mean, Marge. There's, yeah, I mean, there's, uh. there's tons of, of these movies. Uh, yeah. Tim, any Tim Burton movie um, is is likely Danny Elfman music. And so there'll be clips of all those. Plus, there'll be little visuals of some of the creation, things you've never seen before of these movies. So, okay, yeah, just give me, I know you're, you're sort of, you're describing it, but yeah, give me a full explanation of what the experience is going to be like after you sit down in your seat for one of these shows that gets started tomorrow, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the whole week gets started the tomorrow. Whole, so yeah. Saturday night, um, we we will have you know all these movie clips with Lincoln Symphony mm-hmm. pre- performing the soundtracks live mm-hmm. with also with live musicians. We have university singers, the top singers at University of Nebraska will be singing the vocal parts. Along with we have a, a leading boy soprano from Lincoln's uh, boys choir. Oh wow! Um, we've got um, the original um, violin soloist from the Edward Scissorhands soundtrack who recorded on Sony. She'll be playing in her black outfit with her her crazy right. hair, you know, dancing around on stage, and it's going to be something like you've never seen that is i mean how about all of the coordination that's got to go into a production like that when you've got a live music element both instrumental and vocal 
and then a live video, not a live video, but a kind of a, a recorded video element of it that needs to sync up and, and be together with it throughout yeah. the show. It is crazy. A lot of coordination. We're very thankful that the Elfman and the Tim Burton team yeah. are experts. They're at, good at, at this. At, at the movie this is kind of what it. they do. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, and yeah, and, and they've they've tried it out. Yeah. you know, at the Hollywood Bowl and Lincoln Center. So mm-hmm. we're all ready for the biggest show of all time mm-hmm. here in Lincoln, Nebraska. So we're we're excited. So the Danny Elfman Week starts on this Wednesday night. Yes, that's the start yes, of the week. I that's the start of the week. That. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's with Third Coast Percussion. And Third Coast Percussion is the top percussion group in the world. They're Grammy Award winning. Um, if you enjoy virtuosic mu- musicians mm-hmm. and creative music, this is a concert you've got to see. Cool. Um, it's a Kimball. Um, they'll be performing a Danny Elfman piece because he, he's been writing, besides movie music, he's been writing some music for other ensembles. Okay. That's the, the percussion ensemble. He loves percussion. So that's tomorrow night at Kimball. Um, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tomorrow yeah. night. Yeah. I can't Sorry. It's tomorrow Sorry. night. Yeah. Just, letting yeah, you, yeah, really, just letting you know, Bill. Yeah, it's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Thursday night is a free showing of Beetlejuice at the Ross. Okay. So um, so that'll be fun um, to, to see that movie and have some popcorn at the Ross for free. Okay. And celebrate Danny. Very And then cool. Friday night is Danny Elfman's Violin Concerto. Interesting. Um, and uh, it was premiered in 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 California a few years ago, and we have the original violin soloist and conductor conducting it. The second half of the program is Beethoven's Fifth. Okay. And so you got a little something familiar and something yeah. brand new and exciting. Yeah. And so that's Friday night at yeah. Kimball. And then Saturday is the big movie night, right. the, the movies of Tim Burton with the music of Danny Elfman. And it's just going to be a spectacular night, and we still have some tickets available. It's an event that... I I highly think this is the one and only time you will ever get to see this event in Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, just now, such a I, I should thing. say you can go to Hollywood at the end of the month and and pay really big prices <laughs> at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, and but, sit really far away. And then you think or you could just see it at the Lead Center. Plus think of what your glass of wine before the show is uh-huh, going to cost if uh-huh. you're going out in Hollywood instead of downtown yeah, Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, it's, so. it's it's a great Staycation. deal. Yeah, have you ever? I mean, have you ever done everything, anything like this where you've had at least portions of several things in a row on consecutive nights kind of come together for a, a theme leading um, up? to We this haven't one done big anything show? like this in that I can remember in my in my my recent yeah. memory. Um, and uh, we were so this is actually one of the biggest Danny Elfman celebrations of all time. Mm-hmm. There are have been other couple others. I actually um, got to spend a little time with Danny in Berlin, Germany um, when they premiered that work that we commissioned. Sure. And and they had a whole bunch of a film festival celebration and there were people all over Germany that were so thrilled about Danny Elfman being there. And so it's not just people here in Lincoln that are excited about him or California but it's literally all around the world. What would you, uh, for, for, I mean I think people probably seen at least some of the movies and may or may not, you know, and, and especially Nightmare Before Christmas and and kind of the, the the musical and the tone that goes along with it. But how would you describe him as, especially with his his movie music? Um, there's there's unique. There's a little bit of darkness around yes. it too, you know. Yeah. And it makes sense. We're in that the Halloween season. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, what's your impression uh, of of his style? I would I would say you know he's virtuosic for sure. He's dramatic. He has some comedy. And 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 I, I think there is a little bit of a tinge of that that uh, moodiness yeah. and the Halloween feel, right? And all of what he—it's a little dark, right? And um, which which at this time of year, it's the perfect um, it's perfect way to to get ready for Halloween is with Danny yes. Elfman, and uh, he um, 
he he did do um, this program at Coachella. I just earlier. saw that on the press yeah. from the press stuff. Yeah, yeah Coachella, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's got he's wow. he grew out his hair, and he you know he used to, he was the lead singer of Oinga Boinga. Okay, yeah, yes. And, and so he's you know for those Oinga Boinga fans, this is that same leading voice um, that was popular in that alternative rock band in the eighties. That very cool. That that's that's he's got cool. The, and he's went back to his rock and roll hair, and, and he looks pretty good. Probably and and he and Tim Burton. This he's Tim Burton's guy for his yes. movies. They, basically, they've been they, partnering. Yes. they basically get each other yes. or something. Yeah, they're perfect compliments. Kind of like you know John work. Williams and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. Well, this this sounds really cool, um, and it also sounds like one that is already selling well and will probably sell well as we get closer and yes, closer. And, and it would to get, the get your tickets early, you know, so probably you worth, can. yeah, probably worth worth doing yeah, it. Don't wait because you know I don't know that we'll have tickets for sure. There may be tickets available at the door, yeah. but um, do get them early and and uh, get the best seat that you can. Yeah, too. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. and then and don't um, overlook these other events though, because the Third Coast Percussion is just extraordinary it's mm. really an amazing experience tickets are very affordable um all the tickets are half price for kids and students cool so if you have a family you know that's one of the things that's unique about the lead center is we have half price tickets for kids and students which is so wonderful for for families um so third coast percussion on wednesday night and then of course friday night with the university orchestra showcasing this violin concerto yes. it's going to be really great in beethoven's uh, fifth symphony and yeah that's a great dr you know, tyler white does a great job yes. with them i know yeah. and and yeah. that'll be and come support your local you know university, your university. yeah this is a, one of the first big collaborations where we brought in you know a guest international guest conductor and soloist and doing something big like this yeah. being part of danny elfman and uh, what a great opportunity for them to play for danny elfman's going to be at every show he'll be, he'll be yeah he'll be at the third coast percussion He'll be at the the violin concerto, and man, um, who knows? Maybe he'll want to. What a cool get! He'll want to write a work for the university orchestra. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool. Fun? That would be awesome. That he would... is doing a lot of residency while he's on campus. Is he? Yeah, he's okay, do, so he's great opportunity. With our composition students. He's going to be. I'm talking to all the all of the the, the music students yeah. in general. It's pretty cool that he's you know he's willing to give all of this time. Yes. For something like this, and of course he's being featured, obviously, in in the headliner on this whole thing, but and and being featured throughout the other ones. But that's a that's a lot of time for somebody Absolutely. with a with a big day. Like it, I, I'm you're in the industry, you know how how rare something like that. Absolutely, probably it's very is. rare and very challenging. We're so thankful to him, yeah, because he really is is an amazing person, amazing talent, and extremely generous to give us all this time, and not only with. You know the the performance, but working with our students, and it's going to transform their lives. Very good, very good. Um, and and we're still early in the season too. We, we are. We've got a, a big so. October coming up. Yeah, We've got Winnie the Pooh making his debut performance at the Lead Center with all of his Hundred Acre Wood friends. So fun for the family. It's 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 partially over fall break, right? So if you want to plan your vacation oh, for families, Winnie the Pooh is in town. Nice. So if you've got that age range, you got to see Winnie the Pooh. One of my still one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah. And then we've got the reflecting fools which is um the, so the new like version of comedy Cap- thing it's capital, capital steps, steps. Okay. it's capital steps reborn it's literally the creators of capital steps the writers i okay. should say many of the writers the actors are all from capital steps um and capital steps original creators decided to retire and they said um to these these other folks says you can't stop right capital steps is one, an institution of america right this is the best comedy it's bipartisan spoofery they put the mock in democracy this cannot end yeah and so they said all right you can have all of our stuff you can keep 
keep the spirit of Capital Steps alive. You just have to change the name. Right. And so now so it's, it's the refle- next generation. Now it's re- reflecting Fools. Um, and, but there'll be a lot of familiar faces if you've come to the show in the right. past. Lots of fun. They'll be making both fun of Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi. Bipartisan. Bipartisan. No, nobody's spoofery. safe. No, nobody's no, safe. No. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of Democrats in power at the moment, so they may be spoofing <laughs> them a little bit more. Could happen. Although, you know, you've got some big personalities, you know, with the former president, and um, it's all going to be on the stage, um, bipartisan, both sides of the aisle, and it's going to be. I think we all need some political comedy to yeah. to get us through these challenging times we live in. And yeah. so anyway, so so there's that, and then there's the, the musical Chicago. Chicago's this month still, it right? Is, yeah, yeah, the end of the month. Um, and get your tickets early. Um, you know, we have Hamilton in our Broadway season this year, and it's really driven a lot of activity with our Broadway. So um, sure. don't wait um, and to the last minute to get your Broadway tickets. Get them early. Can you still package tickets together, do some of those things? Absolutely. Uh, and, and if it, you yes. want tickets to Hamilton, that's how you have to do it right now, because we're not selling individual so, tickets But that's not too late. to do. I know you came in and talked about that at the very beginning yeah, absolutely. of the you season. Absolutely. You can get a, a four-pack. So you can still get a four-pack of things that are yeah, left on the absolutely. schedule. Absolutely. And you, and you save money yeah. by doing that. And when you're a season ticket holder, you can exchange for whatever. Um, if, say, something comes up, you can just exchange for a different show with no yeah. fees. And that's how, something people don't realize. How long? I know Chicago has it was been years ago, but Chicago's here a few, several years ago, yeah, it was right? About, about eight years about ago. About eight years yeah. ago. But yeah. I know you know people who went and, and raved about Yo, it's it. A great, it's great, a great show. Still show playing on Broadway. Great music. I, you know, unlike so many other Broadway shows that are yeah. closing. Is Chicago's, it still playing on Chicago? It's, it's, still, on it's still on Broadway, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, I saw Chicago on Broadway just a couple years ago. Um, um, with a Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Show me the money. Yeah, I know. I know. It was interesting. He did a great job acting and his tap dancing was great. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. That's cool. Yeah, so lots of events at Lead Center Org. You can see, uh, you know, videos. We also have an, an, an immersive experience that's called Mixed Reality and the show is called The Wilds. And this is where commissioning it. Um, it's premiering, world premieres this Thursday. It runs for two weeks in the Carson. Um, it's mixed reality. Um, dancers, um, as they move, they create avatars that are on these screens that are around them, and they make music with their movements. It's really cool. It's uh, huh. in collaboration with the Johnny Carson Center for um, um, Emerging Media Arts. It's going to be a really, really cool, artistic, creative experience that something like you've never seen before. This sounds like it's got some real uh, tech fancy, fancy technology Absolutely. associated yes. with it. Yes, yes, with the motion capture stuff. Yes, Jesse Fleming, dancing. you know, of the of the Carson Center is uh, is an expert in technology, creative, you know. You know, use of technology, yeah. and we're so thrilled to be partnering with him and his two artistic partners from around the United States. We have a Grammy Award winning a composer that's written original music for for the show, right. and uh, the choreographer has been um, celebrated by Dance Magazine. It's going to be a really cool, cool show. Very good. You're getting half price for all these Jeez. shows um, for students and kids. You got a packed October, Bill. We do. Yeah, we do. I mean, starting really tomorrow night with yeah. uh, with the Elfman stuff. Well, yes. Best of luck. Great get. I hope. I hope the whole week goes really well really really excited to hear about saturday night uh especially just with how unique that is it is that whole thing is and it's going to be a hot ticket in lincoln so you can still go to leadcenter.org and like bill said check out those package deals and get yourself some tickets to hamilton uh with it as well and i'm sure we're going to be talking to you again soon as we get we got a lot of good holiday stuff coming up this year so we'll jump into that uh when we get a chance to talk next month maybe that's great and and see jack skellington live in october yes if you're if you're a nightmare before you can watch 
it for free, the movie, Nightmare Before Christmas on Disney+. Plus. So watch that this week. Okay, so and you just recommend... Refresh, yeah, well, yeah. we don't have to, but it's just kind of fun because if you haven't seen it in a while, right. it kind of refreshes your memory of the character, and then you listen to the voice, the, and then you see him and live and go, oh my gosh, that's the same voice I heard in the movie. Exactly, and you'll, the songs will bring back memories if, yes. you, if you've seen it before. Yeah, and if you've never yeah. seen it before, it really is helpful. Absolutely. I've watched it recently again, even though I've seen it multiple times in the past, and it was really fun to, to listen and and reflect Very and cool. and and I'm I'm walking around with Jack Skellington. Yeah, you've got you, you brought, he yeah. walks in and he's and, carrying him. Yeah, and, with and, him. and and Jack Skellington, I picked him up when Danny Elfman was here last time after Halloween. Yeah. I got him 75% what do you do, off. What do you do with him when Danny Elfman's not here? Um he was in storage. <laughs> but I think I I think I'm going to ask Danny Elfman to sign him. Good. Um, right on the head? Um, I'm not sure where. <laughs> right on the <laughs> but, head would be good. Yeah, um, and then uh, I'll bring him out at Halloween. Cool. Very good. So. Congrats, Bill. Uh, Going to be a big week, big weekend for you yes. and the lead center. And so we look forward to hearing all about it and look forward to some of the th- other things you've got coming up here. We'll Thank talk you. to you again soon. Sounds good. There you go. Bill Stephan, Executive Director with the lead center. Take 26. We'll take a break. I've got sports next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. On sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska volleyball, John Baylor. Yeah, fire up! It's the Jack Attack with John Baylor, the uh, voice of Nebraska volleyball. You can hear him here uh, on our sister station, B1073. Occasionally here on KLIM, we don't have any other games that need to be on. We get the uh, get the ladies playing volleyball over here, too. Good morning, JB. How are we doing? Jack, are you attacking all five mornings, or do you just have the Jack Attack when I'm on? Uh, I, I save the most aggressive of attacks for Tuesdays yeah. at 835. Uh, it's, oh. you know, it's kind of a yellow level moderate attack, but I put it to like the maroon color, uh, when I, when I get you on. So yeah, I try to all the time, but there's nothing, I can't, I can't do it at this level for an entire week. You know that I, I hear your fans. They'll be talking about you. Hey, what do you think of Jack? Guy's kind of belligerent. <laughs> Yeah, bet. Guys in pants. I bet. I bet. Especially those. He put. He gets John. Uh, John Baylor. All those gotcha questions. He always tries to catch him in a lie. Uh, it's it's just... like Mike Wallace here, <laughs> and I keep coming back for more. <laughs> you do. That's on you. At some point, you know. Usually, Wallace only had one shot. <laughs> they never had a rain check. or never had a second opportunity with most of his interviews. Uh, Nebraska goes on the road this weekend to the East Coast uh, or the Eastern United States and uh, gets gets a couple of wins, uh, absolutely hammers Rutgers, and then uh, drops a set against Maryland. So kind of, uh, and then you know, kind of, kind of close in that fourth set to well, really the second and the fourth set against Maryland too. Um, and and I know Maryland's been been playing a little bit better than uh, Rutgers has, but overall as a as kind of a conglomerate with the whole thing, what what do we make of this weekend, JB? 
Well, it was discouraging. Uh, that Sunday matinee, Nebraska only hit one, one, two. One twelve against Maryland. Whitney Lonstein, 11 kills, 10 errors. She hit mm. just above zero. Lindsey Krause hit negative, six kills, seven errors. So the middles were on fire, hence the new acronym, STM, set the middle. I'm hoping the chant yeah. will rise uh, amidst the din at the Devaney uh when they return but uh caitlin horde and um becca alec together 15 kills two errors hit about uh 400 so get the ball to the middle but it is a little discouraging that nebraska is setting the outside in uh so often and secondly that the that many of them are struggling yeah uh yeah and it's interesting i think alec ended up being the most efficient hitter uh in, in the game for uh in the match for that maryland match at least when yeah, what goes into that when you talk to to John Cook about that? When you just your experience in in this, you know, w- when you say, okay, they got to set the middle more, is that just a setter's decision, uh, or or what really goes into making that actually happen? Often it's discretionary, but not always. I mean, sometimes you get a bad pass, and the middle's just not an option. This geometry foregoes that option. But if you get a decent pass anywhere near where you want it, the front right, that middle should be an option, and it's just a age-old uh, volleyball desire, you know. Set the middle, set the middle, because it happens faster. It's tougher to defend. It's you know the timing's got to be better. But you know the Huskers practice this over and over and over. These are elite athletes, so when the Huskers get a good pass, that middle should be a great option. And uh, they did set it a fair amount against Maryland, but I mean it's just dramatically more effective. Uh, you set the middle, I mean it, you're going to get a kill. You know, forty-five percent of the times you set the outside, you know, you might get a kill half that hmm. often. So you want to set the middle or the right side, which is why you know uh, Whitney Lonstein's numbers, so you know, are, are discouraging of late. And I'm not blaming her. I mean, she's just hasn't had a lot of great wow. sets recently. Again, the right side is right next to for two rotations at least, right next to the setter. The middles are always right next to the setter, so timing's got to be better. The set has to be better. But the effectiveness is usually a lot well, better. Too. And Launstein's not really a secret anymore to the degree that she ever was. I mean, the, mm-hmm. she's garnering defensive attention, too, I'm sure, when you're you're feeding her a lot. Yep. That that's just kind of comes along with the territory of playing like she like she has this year. Um, is I mean, I, I saw a little of that Maryland match, and, and it's just, you know, they got a really strong block, um, and I yep. think I, I read about it after the fact. They're one of the better blocking teams in, in the nation. Um, it, was that kind of a preview of, of just, you know, how Nebraska matches up maybe against a strong block, something that you, you especially can look at maybe at matchups in the NCAA tournament that Nebraska's got to figure out how to counter that a little bit better? Well, yeah, but, you know, we get deep in December, everyone's got a strong block. But yeah. Maryland statistically has the number one blocking team in the country, yeah. and they had 10 blocks in the second set Whew. against Nebraska. And, and uh, the Huskers did okay. They finished with uh, 13 blocks themselves, but Maryland uh, finished with uh, seven, 17 blocks. Eight, 17, 17 blocks. In the- Tied for most ever in rally scoring era. Yep, not Jeez. good. And a lot of that had to do with the stats and tight to the net, and the, the, the attackers didn't have a lot of options. But in some instances, the, the attackers chose poorly and went right into their block. And they're an absolutely elite block. But, I mean, that match could have gone either way. That easily could have gone to a, a fifth set. Not only did Nebraska lose a set, they won a deuce game. And then uh, the final set was three points. So this was a, a step backwards 
But hey, often you got to step back to you know kind of see the horizon. It's a step backwards. They did win. By the way, for those who don't know, they did win the the match three sets to one. Just excellent just, point. Just for the record, that's, a, that's very very true. And and uh, you know, people look back when you're at the mountaintop and you say, "Whoo! Thank goodness I had that little rock slide there early. That helped. Yeah, because it made me tougher and better. Yep, stronger." Yeah, you've seen it in these seasons over, over and over again. I, you, I, I, JB, I feel like you know, just watching Becca Alec, I feel like she's got you know, she was the most efficient hitter against Maryland. You talk about setting the middles more, and you know, she's still she's still very young. I feel like her, she is, she's got a lot of potential there that they've Absolutely. not yet completely tapped. And, and she Uh-oh. was a little, I think, I, I, I think a little, I don't think she would disagree with this. I think early in the season, you know, there were some, there were some errors. There was some, some of the inexperience showing. But I think the way, you know, you, you've seen flashes of what she can be. And yep. I think when, if you add her closer to her ceiling, to this, not only to this offense, but to the block, that's gonna that's gonna change the way this team looks. I think. Just a freshman. By the time she's done, fans might be calling her Doctor Kaboom. I mean, <laughs> she can just hammer. Yes, she and can. her serving is so much better. All yeah, serves, that was yesteryear. I mean, no one can no one can even remember that. Now she's getting them in. They're struggling <laughs> passing them. She's becoming a weapon on the back line. And now we got to start serving her, hold everything, setting her on the back line. Yeah, and letting her hammer from ten feet. What's our uh, what's our update on the setters? I mean, I know Evans and Orr were kind of even on assists for the weekend. I think in both games, uh, but what which kind of ta- and, and obviously yeah. Nicklin Hames still still Kennedy. on the bench for now. And Nicklin's health unclear, and uh, Kennedy had eight or nine yeah. double touch errors in the match against Maryland. What was that? Yeah, yeah, those things happen. That was that was called the hands touching the ball at different times and causing a. Spin, and that's no, you can't have that. Yeah. In the old days, the ball was white; it was tougher to catch the spin. But now they got the striped ball, and so you can tell. Anyway, that's the first uh, time I recall a Husker setter having, or any setter having, that many uh, double touches in a Husker match since 2002. Grace Lisa Parrow up at Ball State, the, the chair official that day was going crazy, <laughs> and, uh, and Coach Cook was not happy. Anyway, here we are 20 years later, and I think this might might have been the son. Or in this case, no, I'm not saying it was the offspring of the chair official that day making all the calls. These were legitimate double yeah. touches, so got to get that cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, who who made this schedule? For two road weekends in a row, and then you got another Wednesday, Saturday, about a week and a half out of that. That's, uh, what, six out of, what, no, nine it's a lot of road, whatever, seven out of, seven out of nine games on the road here, uh, uh, including four in a row here. The charter uh, airplane company is not confused, not complaining about this whole deal. Yeah, seven out of nine on the road. So uh, more uh, travel at the Husker Stake on Michigan State on Thursday night and then Michigan on uh, Saturday night. Huskers have really dominated these two teams for a long, long time. You got to go back to 2014 to find a match in which uh, either one of them defeated Nebraska. A lot of close matches and Michigan's. You know, showing flickers this year. They're twelve and two, three and one in the conference. They've got an All American on the outside and Jess Mruzik. So that's going to be tough, especially in that Cracker Jack gym, which is real small, and everyone's right on top of the action. Uh, but uh, you know, Michigan State and Michigan pose two big challenges. Michigan State beat Maryland, you know, and on the, the other day. So they're they're getting better. So this is not an easy trip Thursday night and Saturday. Also, one of these weird deals where it's a team that you saw like less than two weeks ago with Michigan. Yeah. And you got a few of those on the schedule this year. I, you do that with Iowa, too. 
feel like we're stalking them or vice versa. Yeah. Something's happening. We're, yeah. we're having a tough time separating. No, but all, you know, all tongue-in-cheek stuff about all the road trips aside, I still love the, I still love how this schedule sets up for Nebraska, and, and especially kind of getting a better idea of who's who in the Big Ten right now because, you you know, you go on the road, you get road tests again, and you hopefully work through some stuff, get out of there with two two Ws, and then you come back to come back home with a Friday night against Penn State that is a match that probably looks even bigger than it might have at the beginning of the year when the schedule came out. Uh, well, it always looks big. Even, no, even bigger than that. Is what yeah, I'm saying. It, it was already big, and now it's even magnified. And by Just the time it arrives, who knows how big? I mean, it can be so big. But my point is that their their team has been up and down, and uh, they beat Minnesota, then they lost to Michigan. So Michigan beat Penn State mm. at Penn State in three. So let's let's not look ahead. Okay. Let's, uh, let's focus our gaze up in Michigan this week, especially with the struggles the Huskers have had at setter at this point. We got, we got a lot of work to do. Because uh, you know, with Michigan State and Michigan, the, the margin for error just sh- shrank a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the Big Ten standings right now. Um, it's it's uh, Purdue and Nebraska, the only two left unbeaten here at this point. Then you got Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio State, all at three and one uh, here. So maybe and, and and Ohio State's loss, of course, coming to Nebraska, and that was by the skin of their teeth. So maybe not what you expected. A few matches in here to the Big Ten. The, the Huskers have all the weapons. They just got to get the connections going, uh, get the, the setters working better. They, you know, these are elite setters. It's just they're going through a stretch right here that thankfully is not in November. If, if they were in November right now, you know, we, there wouldn't be a ton of time to get this fixed. Thankfully, we still have time, but you don't want to stub your toe and take any losses because that could have ramifications on speeding in December. But anyway, they're working on it full dog on speed. They, they've identified the issues. And the great news is, the middles are looking good. The, the back row is looking good. Uh, we just got to get the connections to the outsides. The pin hitters improved. Are we ready to put, uh, you know, Purdue with that solid start? I'm just looking who their wins are again at Iowa, at Illinois, uh, Rutgers, and, and Minnesota uh, wins. Is, are we ready to put Purdue up there in that, that, that kind of clump of contenders for the title here uh, with, with Big Ten? And, and but they're the big surprise. I mean, they lost their three best players from last year's team. I don't know what happened, and they didn't. They, they got one decent transfer, but something happened at, at Purdue. I think well, they always had great coaching. But Dave Shondell's been there forever. But this is a mild surprise that they're still there. I thought they'd take a big step back, ah. but now you got you got six teams with legitimate chances of winning the Big Ten conference, and any one of these six, I think, has an argument for being in the conversation for national championship. That's I mean, yeah. some of the stronger. Argument than others, but yeah, Purdue has not taken a step back. I haven't seen much of <clears throat> Purdue this year, but this is a surprise for me. They lost their starting setter. They lost Grace Cleveland on the right side. She was an elite player. They lost their libero. I mean, they lost their left. They lost their four best players. Yeah, I don't know how they're they're they're, they're still right there. So this is a, a remarkable and without. A lot of poaching from the transfer portal. Yeah, well, and the, you know their non-con wasn't you know in, intense, they're, but their one loss was against a very good team in, in at Louisville. Uh, but they did sweep, like I said, they did sweep Minnesota uh, here here a couple of weeks ago. So Minnesota, what is going on there? They lose to Northwestern. They they uh, then they come back and they, and they uh, beat Wisconsin. You don't know what Minnesota team is showing. I mean, I think one night it's like the. The the Delta Gammas show up the next night. It's the CGs. You had no idea who's going to be there at the at the match. 
I mean, how do you lose Northwestern and then you beat uh, Wisconsin? So, yeah. and then Wisconsin's the same. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Wisconsin seems to be getting better. They're trending upward at this point, uh, but uh, they're still messing with the two-setter offense. They're trying to figure things out. But, uh, yeah, Minnesota, no idea what's cooking and, over there. Uh, don't forget, Husker volleyball fans, that season ends on a three-game homestand against the teams we were just discussing, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, all at the Devaney Center November 20th, 25th, and 26th. So try and find yourself tickets right now because those are going to – those three matches, I don't I don't think I'm exaggerating at all, those three matches are uh, – if, if Nebraska is going to be in the running still at that point for a top-four seed nationally – uh, those are going to determine what happens with that whole thing. Which, uh, by the way, look, so far so good on that, right? Nebraska's in that that group of the initial top four, right? Uh, for the conference, yeah, no, for for the 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 national. Didn't they come out? ABCA come out with the with the thing where the, uh, the who the initial uh, the initial hoster. Oh yeah, well they did, they did. Nebraska would be hosting if they started the tournament today. But, I mean, scientists, you know, near the Earth's core could not figure out exactly how the selection committee uh, offered the terms who the four top seeds are going to be. I mean, it's a, it's an absolute uh, enigma. So you just have to do the best you can and hope things work out. But yep. you never know. They, they weigh all sorts of different stuff, and every year is a little bit different. you got ADs on that committee that come from schools that, you know, have a volleyball program, but not particularly an elite volleyball program, haven't seen a lot of teams. So all you got to do is, is control what you can control and do the best you can. But you're absolutely right. Same thing with holiday plane tickets and, and holiday Husker volleyball tickets. Get them now. Yeah, get get them now. Those, I mean, they're already usually pretty hard to get, but especially now. Uh, by the way, what's San Diego fourth in the nation? I mean, I get the Texas and and Louisville's and the Big Ten teams and the Stanford, but San Diego up at four. My goodness. Well, they got Penn State's former setter. They got Indiana's Jeez. former elite outside. They just brought in the Big Ten. Ah, smart move. Smart move. Here's how you recruit at San Diego. You just send a brochure with a photo of the school. <laughs> to, to every Big Ten, yeah. to every Big yeah. Ten school and say, hey, tired of winters? <laughs> you, send, you send it to the whole Minnesota team. You send it to the whole Notre Dame team, you send it to the whole uh, Indiana team. I mean, you get a bunch of takers. So you just sit back and decide who you want. Not and the worst strategy. I think San Diego, Hawaii, Santa Barbara, these going to become, uh, you know, a portal uh, yeah. winners. Yeah. I mean, I mean Hawaii's got a couple ex big tenors. So uh, yeah, this is an issue. I mean, with, with, in the old days, when you had to sit out of here, you were thinking, yeah, eh, yeah. sounds pretty good. I'm not sure I want to sit Gotta out of here. Them. Now it's like, hey, Yep, got to keep them. Only supposed to transfer one time. You're only supposed to enter the portal one time. However, it's really murky because you can make all sorts of claims like social emotional issues or who knows what, and then typically they'll green light you for a second try at the portal. So, I mean, you could have more and more players who go to three or four schools. Yep. Yep, uh, it's it's going to be an, an issue, especially when you stack up good players like Nebraska has. Well, Nebraska volleyball, you can hear it on the broadcast house stations at Michigan State Thursday night, 7 o'clock, and then Saturday at Michigan, 6 p.m. from Ann Arbor, both on the road in Michigan. Good to talk to you, JB. Travel safe, and we will catch up again next Tuesday, all right? STM. Set the middle. Set the middle. We'll see if they do it this week. There you go. John Baylor, voice of Nebraska volleyball. 855, take a break. Wrap it up after this on KLIN.
Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, quick word for my friends at Daryl's Jewelers. 40 years, 40 years they've been doing it. Not only learning this business, uh, perfecting what they do within it, developing contacts all over the world. And when you put all of that together with 40 years of experience, you've got an unequaled combination of creativity, craftsmanship, gem expertise. And with that, that's where you want to choose when you're choosing that place that you're going to for that most special purchase a custom piece of jewelry for that that special occasion in your life and your loved one i've seen the end results and they are stunning i wouldn't call myself a jewelry expert but right away you see these and you hear the stories behind them and you know just how special they are daryl's jewelers you're going to find them here in the capital city meridian park 69th and you can also find them at daryl's jewelers.com all right that is it for the show today hey a quick note fantasy oscars picks Congratulations to Natalie. Uh, got the pick. She thinks the longest touchdown is going to be 32 yards. Southern Snow says 66. You'll have your chances to get a pick and make a prediction on what that longest Tusker touchdown will be tomorrow at 635 and 810. Plus, what chaps you had Wednesday. John Bishop, Ken Dewey, and more. See you then. 9 o'clock. KLIM Lincoln.